Welcome to The Good, The Rad, and The Spooky, where we talk about the blood-sucking, the crucifix-clutching... And just a little bit of monster f***ing. Yeah, just a tasteful amount. Listen, it's... it's Just a tasteful. dash. Yes, it's, it's hard to avoid sometimes, especially mm. with what we're going to be talking about today. Oh, yeah. It's tasteful. It, Mom, it I is. promise. I promise it's... Uh, I'll stop swearing. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I think we're still bleeping our own stuff. So it's beep, 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 beep. It's fine. Um, listen, like I said on last week's episode, these are clinical terms, baby. Yes, it's uh, it's, it's part of the um, part of the vernacular. Uh, speaking of vernacular, I think we have a good rad synopsis cooking up for our oh, dear audience. We sure do. Connor, do you want to go first? Uh, yeah. I'll just uh, yeah. I'm gonna go with my my gut instinct on this one okay. and just say i am so incredibly thirsty and horny <laughs> so. that's pretty good no cool. no no. i i think i i think let me let me dive a little bit into the plot here with, with yeah. mine um voluptuous leech disrupts friend group leaves lasting impression for the next couple of centuries <laughs> <laughs> okay all right let's um Let's pull back the, the, the curtain, or in this case, the cape. Whom are Let's we do it. discussing? Or well, what? Uh, by judging by my little bat squish mallow that I've got with me today yes. while we're recording. You're familiar. Um, my, my familiar today, my mm. substitute familiar since we're here. <laughs> right. uh, we're talking about Dracula. The Dracula. That's Which right. I think is just an excellent monster uh, to follow up after going over monster culture. Uh, Absolutely. Great, Easily great. one of, if not the most iconic. Exactly. Yeah. Great great for uh, the spookiest month of October. We're gonna Absolutely. Be talking, we're going to be talking about some classic monsters this whole month, actually, because, again, it's spooky. Connor, this is our first October with the podcast, I know, way. because like, last year we, we conceptualized this, like, right after Halloween. We did. We did. It was, like, <laughs> November, and I was like, you yeah. couldn't have thought of this, like, a couple days ago. <laughs> I know. I know. For real. <laughs> but it's so good. So, no, for, for our inaugural October, we're going to be doing some classic monsters. Um, and today we're going to start with Dracula. So... As I said on Carmilla, um, this is not the first. This is not the first vampire novel. This is not no, the first vampire it. novel. Um, and to be clear, we're not just talking about the novel, but we're also going to be talking about one film adaptation. There are many film yes, adaptations from the nineties. We we're doing Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula. I think it's yeah. ninety-two, but I yeah. should have double-checked that. Let's say ninety-two. Sure. Yeah. Why not? It's a nineties kid. <laughs> it's a nineties kid. And oh, why? Boy, is it? Why he called it Bram Stoker's Dracula, I'll mm -hmm. never know because there are some serious deviations which <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to get into. But <laughs> uh. Uh, for whatever reason, um, the novel itself, right? It wasn't mm -hmm. the first vampire novel. First vampire novel was technically The Vampire by John William Polidori. Yes. Um, I'm sure we'll cover that later, but, but we'll go ahead and talk about Dracula because... It was a massive hit when mm. it was published in the late 1800s. It was a massive hit with women yeah. uh, in particular. It was a huge part of uh, the... You could call this pop culture. You could mm. call this pulp pop ah, culture. I like that. 
even when it when it first came out. It was just I like a my bit pop pulpy. culture with a little bit of pulp in it. With just a little bit of pulp. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was it, it was in that vein, um, and we'll we'll talk a little bit more about why it was such a big hit with women <laughs> in a second. Hence why yes. I brought up the the clinicality of <laughs> you know monster loving. I said I was gonna <laughs> stop. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but here's the thing. Dracula was written. It's it's epistolary. Epistolary, ah. I think, is the word. Um, meaning that this story is told in diary entries, in letters, in newspaper clicking clippings, in log translations, transcriptions, not translations, transcriptions. Right. Um, and so it's told from several different perspectives. Um, mm. And and we'll go through them as we walk through the story, but but that's how the book happens, which I think is great. I think that's a great way to tell a story that involves so many people because there are so many people. Yeah, this book is, this book is ginormous, by the way. Tell me thick. <laughs> it's it's a thick one, mm. um, and it involves it's quite the friend group. So I'm <laughs> glad that Brom told it the the way that he did. However, because of the way that it's written. This is this is kind of the same complaint that I leveled against Rebecca. Okay. So I'm yeah. gonna level it again. Hit it. I hate just about every stage adaptation. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. I've read about three of them. Uh, I'm sure that there are more, but I read the three, and the first two I absolutely hated. the The last one. Oh, Marnie! Hi. Don't Sorry. worry, y'all. Marnie's here to ruin some more <laughs> audio for you. Yay! I love <laughs> kitty cat um where was i so yes stage adaptations and i hate them so the last one that i read was by eric cushing and his like the forward of it is that his play adaptation he attempts to get as close to the novel as possible he really tried to stay um as true to it and how would you say that goes um you know There's a a couple things that he adds. There's a couple things that he takes away, that he skims. Um, Because every adaptation is going to do that. And all of that is to say that I think I'm the only one who should ever be trusted to do an adaptation of Dracula. Dang right. I don't know why. Like, what gives me the right to say that other than just (laughs) my own presumption uh, Uh and the fact that I love Dracula and it is easily in my top favorite, top five favorite um, horror books. I think it's great. However, be warned, it does move pretty slow. Okay. Okay. But I, I still think it's good. I have not read the book, but uh, but you know, yeah, no, that's. I'm gonna highly recommend that people go find audio readings of it because I feel okay. like Tom Hiddleston did. Ooh, I, what? Somebody, somebody with like a golden voice has done an audio book recording of Dracula. Man, friend of the podcast, Tom Hiddleston, hit us up if you are the one who did the oh, book because yeah. we want to correctly. <laughs> Yeah, friend of the podcast, absolutely. (laughs) Dude, speaking of being friends with Tom Hiddleston, um, this has nothing to do with Dracula, but I just feel like saying it. I had a dream the other night that, like, (laughs) I was married to his Loki. Like, not Tom Hiddleston playing Loki, but, like, Loki in the form of Tom Hiddleston. Wow. But also the world was ending. And so I woke up right as, like, like, a meteor nuke hit. And Tom Hiddleston was like holding me and then i woke up like when the debris hit 
and like I assumably died and I just remember waking up and being like no <laughs> no you know what? not the second. worst way to spend the apocalypse hanging out with real Tom Hiddleston's Loki I know so anyways that has nothing to do with Dracula so so back back to him Right, right, right. And listen, I just want to say, um, maybe maybe this is why I think I, I should be the only person allowed to uh, do Dracula, is because I was obsessed with vampires from a very young age. I read mm. Dracula when I was eight. Holy guacamole. Yeah, I first read it when I was eight or nine, and... Did I retain anything other than <laughs> vampire? Not really, but like it stuck with me, and yeah. then like it, it was set a good set a good foundation for it. Really all this. did. It really did. And then five years ago, I was like, I think I need to stop saying that I read Dracula because <laughs> it was so long ago. Yeah, uh, we're gonna re we're gonna reread this. Right, right. We're gonna right. read this for the first time. And I did, and I was finally cognizant of things, and I was like, "Oh, this is love it. This is rad. What a mm. what a delightful romp through, heck yeah, through this story." So, um, a little a little thing that I also want to say right before we jump into the plot. Sorry for holding everybody up, but I just want to say, <laughs> Bram Stoker wanted to throw in so much lore that mm. is not present in this book. And it's both a damn shame and a damn delight that he did not. Okay. <laughs> there's some things. There's some things about vampires that Bram Stoker was like, "Oh, totally. This is, this is what it is." <laughs> um, it's not. It's not. Uh, so what we've got in this book, what we're working off of, right, is um, fangs. Yes. We've got we've got the fangies basically. The the teethies. Yeah. What's important to the plot is that vampires cannot be far from their home turf. Literally, mm. uh, they need bo- their boxes of dirt. Um, gotta have that dirt. They can gotta have that dirt. They can transform. We see Dracula transform into bat, into wolf, mm. into literal mist. Don't worry, I'll get there. <laughs> uh, the blood sucking. How to kill it. And the aversion to sacred symbols. That's yes. basically all the lore that you need to know. Yes. Pretty, Don't worry. Pretty we'll, commonplace for vampies. We'll we'll do we'll do a vampire roundup. I oh think. yeah, oh yeah. I Today's think... focus is Dracula, but that that I mean we've this is our second vampire we're specifically discussing. Obviously, we're gonna go a little further into the vampies at some point. Yeah, we'll do that. And 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 not only that, but like because vampires, like Dracula, really is so iconic. Um, oh yeah that I don't feel bad about not covering every single iteration, specifically oh, yeah. the Bella Lugosi. Um, uh-huh. Some people might call that a crime. Here's why I'm not, is because that movie is so integral into horror history, horror yeah. film history, film history. It deserves its own bit. Mm, very Honest much. to goodness. So. Yeah. I think it would be great if we set the foundation here. Uh, this is actually Bram Stoker's Dracula, and we'll mm-hmm. contrast it with the um, Francis Ford Coppola's take on yeah. Bram Stoker's yes. Dracula. Boy, will we. <laughs> because I, I just, I have so many issues with that adaptation. <laughs> so anyways, uh, I think what let's do here is, Connor, will you take me through the movie and I would love to just interject with some of the differences. Yes. So I, uh, part of me highly doubts this this beginning is in the book. Um, 
But the very beginning, I'll we see... Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, the very beginning, we see essentially a battle between uh, Dracula and some of his enemies. And then he's got the love of his life. Uh, Winona Ryder is there. And so he, yeah, he goes to war and he, you know, puts some people on spikes because we love Vlad the Impaler references. Oh, and yeah. yeah. And, um, and while he's doing all this stabbing and grabbing, uh, <clears throat> an arrow gets shot into his fiance or wife's window that says, your boy Dracula's dead, idiot. Maha, we got him. Oh, and she's nerds. like, oh, no. And then she jumps out the window. So Dracula returns. Whoa. Very victorious, and these church boys are like... So not dead. Oh, yeah, no, no, not at all. These church boys are like, your wife, she has killed herself, and because of that, she can never get into heaven. Sorry, dude. And he's like, but I I defend the church. I I fight for God. What do you mean? Oh, yeah, I impale these people. Yeah, look at all this godly work I'm doing. That works. (laughs) And so he throws a tantrum because they promise that his wife's soul is in hell forever. (laughs) Uh, so okay. he he throws a sword into like a stone cross and then it starts Again. mounting out some blood. Uh, oh, sure. Yeah, because that's not the story Exodus tells. <laughs> so that happens, it. and then he like gets his hat or something and starts drinking it, and he's like, "I am so thirsty." And then uh, we cut to present day. That's our little yeah. So that's prologue. not in the book at all. <laughs> I didn't think what? so. Um, and, and so Vale and I have talked a little bit about this movie before. I think in previous conversations, I haven't mentioned that part because it's so weird and out of left it's field so and like very much not in the book or any adaptation I've seen. No. Um, but yeah, he has that fun little tantrum and then I guess becomes immortal. Um, yeah, fun. Then ba ba boom, we are in the present and we're hanging out with uh, Keanu Reeves, who is... Oh. Baby. Yeah, he's Babby. Mm-hmm. Is he Pre- fresh off of his Matrix? I think uh, this is pre-Matrix. Kick, <gasps> Pre-Matrix. Yeah, so this is a very... And gosh, oh, he does this, this British accent Keanu. that, let me just say, love Keanu. Holy guacamole, it's bad. It's so... It's oh. so bad. I am... Um, I, I love my fiance. I need to go do taxes. Boop, 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 boop. So, uh, everything is, you need to know about his accent can be identified in the moment where he says Budapest. He oh, pronounces gosh. it as Budapest. Budapest. Oh, that's come on, not dude. a thing that exists. No, not even almost. So, no. um, uh, his character name is Jonathan, and Jonathan, he, good old Johnny boy, and he is—he's uh, sent on this job by his boss. They're like, "You gotta go to this castle uh, for this guy. He's very rich and very European. He's pretty weird, so like, don't mind that. Uh, have fun. We'll get you a lot of money if you do this." And he's like, "Oh man, okay, I'll do it for what my dear it? Mina." <laughs> yeah, it's all for you, babe. What is it with these Victorian solicitor lawyers Gosh. going overseas? Well, I guess it's not overseas, but just going overland. Yeah, to obviously spooky haunted areas. Come on. I, you know what? This is why this is why I didn't become a lawyer. Granted, if I, I had it. become a lawyer, I would have gone into criminal prosecution because that's, you know, my mm. family legacy, right? Julie knows. Um, but but still, I think I think there was something in me that was like, but you never know when I will be forced mm. into going to some spooky house. You're on haunted house duty. <laughs> I, I, 
you're on haunted house duty. Get over there. Yeah. The promise is you'll always get a raise when you get back. But the thing is, they never come back. Are you going to get back? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <gasps> it's all a capitalist conspiracy. It is. Capitalists invented oh. ghosts just so they had to stop giving out raises. <gasps> That's anyway, terrible. so he uh, <laughs> he dies. He says he's like Mina, my dear. I will marry you when I get back. And she's like, but I'll miss you. And he's like, okay, <laughs> bye. But uh, <laughs> and so this is for you, Mina. Yeah. So he dicks off to Transylvania. Yeah, he, he dicks <laughs> off to Dracula's house. And Mina's like, fine, I'm gonna stay with my rich, hot friend Lucy. Um, Which is exactly what I would do. Yeah. I mean, same. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so we, we, uh, let's see, I think first in the film we get to spend a little time with Jonathan over at the castle, and we meet Count Dracula, who is played by Gary Oldman, yeah. and he kind of looks like, I wanted to describe choice. him as best I could, no, honestly, Gary Oldman steals the show, he's so great in oh, this, for and sure. the, the costuming is, is just the right excellent. decision for any casting, oh, yeah. any casting. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, he, he's killing it, and we see this decrepit old fart of a man. Portrayed by That's Gary Oldman. True. And he His looks first like look is not. He's like if Emperor Palpatine in the Mars from Mars Attack had like a baby and threw in a few extra testicles in the the mix. Um, that testicles? Yeah, his head looks tentacles? like two testes. Oh no, you're so right. His you're haircut. So right. That is a really good. Connor, that's a really good description. Thank yeah. you. No, that nailed it. Nailed it. That's the closest word poem I can paint uh, for this man. <laughs> So he comes in and he's like, welcome to my totally normal house. Uh, and he shows him around a little totally bit. Normal. And it's clearly mega haunted. And he's like, this is your room. Do not come out at night. The house is very old and I cannot guarantee your safety. I love that line so much. Like, <laughs> just, just first of all, like, just what would you do, Connor? I'd You've <laughs> never been to my house before, but my house is uh, over 100 years old. Okay. Just, what would you do if you came over and I opened the door and I was like, welcome to this hundred year old house. There is nothing funky that happens. Thanks. Like you are more than welcome to stay the night. But just so you know, if uh, if you don't stay in your room and I'm going to lock your door to make you stay in your room, um, mm -hmm. there's no telling what will happen to your corporeal frame. Anyways, <laughs> join me for dinner in a second. Uh, love you. Bye. Like, what would you do? I would like raise my hand and be like, can I? Have an adult or something? <laughs> this is too spooky. Too I spooky need, five me. Where's Burke? I need more adult <laughs> supervision. <laughs> Y'all got any spare Burks lying around? Need, Dana. Dana would come yeah. be some give me, great adult give supervision. Me a Dana to Actually, hold my hand I something. don't know that I would trust Dana in Dracula. Yeah, <laughs> wait a second. Given get. the text that she sent us on Saturday, I don't <laughs> think I would trust Dana. <laughs> yeah. Dracula. Anyway, so point is, is that's not a great first impression that you want when you go to a new place, especially if you're going to be there for a while. Yeah. Welcome you're to my home. Look. You're in danger. See you in a few. See, and, and here's here's the funny thing is, other than that intro, we are on the same track uh -huh. with what happens in the book. Um, In the book, does Dracula also tell Jonathan to, like, write a bunch of letters home? Does he yes. do this in the movie? Yes, okay, he does. Yeah. This so... is another weird <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah, as they're going through and kind of he's beginning to, I guess, go through his effects. And he's like, I need yeah. you to teach me the ways of the modern world. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. 
Jonathan's like, why are you talking like that? No, he's, he's like, <laughs> why um, are you talking like yeah, that? Yeah, I guess I can do that. And he's like, I need you to stay an extra month. And I need you to write a bunch of letters and tell your family you're safe and date <gasps> them differently. Can you do that for me, big boy? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, um, I guess. <laughs> hey, really quick question. What's also yeah. with these, like, supposedly super smart lawyer solicitors? Like, I being know. super dumb. <laughs> I know. Like, hey, this is, uh, th- the only reason I would ask you to do this is so I could physically harm you and have some longevity in that harm. But I know. just, like, tr- uh, <laughs> we're good. Tr- sources, trust me, bro. We're good. Source is me. I would, I yes. promise. I bear. Would this face lie to you? And he smiles and he shows his fangs. <laughs> oh boy. Yes, Gary Oldman. I'm sorry. I've seen Gary Oldman play too many good villains. Yeah. Uh, he's in Leon the Professional and Fifth Element. And I, yeah. to be clear, my introduction to Gary Oldman was, in fact, Jean-Baptiste Emmanuel Zorg. Oh, so. Bless. <laughs> That's so good. Hey, seeing him play Dracula is kind of like, yeah, this this figures. So seeing mm-hmm. him play Sirius Black was kind of like, whoa, mm-hmm. <laughs> for me. Uh, Winston Churchill, I Big think. Big turnaround. Oh, mamma mia. Yeah. He's Oof. so good in that. Anyways, but we're not talking legend, about yeah. that. No, we're, we're talking about Jonathan. Yeah. Wacky hijinks ensue. That uh, it do. Surprisingly, in this haunted Transylvania. Oh, and it seems so safe. It see, I was I was thinking this was going to be a charming summer jaunt. Yeah, I thought yeah. I was in for some kind of rom com. This rom com's going a very different direction. Um, it's it's a rom. Yes, perhaps depending on what you're into. <laughs> oh, uh, two words, and we'll get there in a minute. Nipple blood. Oh, I hate that. That's I a was very say, strong got... visual theme throughout this I, film. I, I hate that so much <laughs> boy me francis, too francis francis what was up what were, what were you going through like do you ever just see something read something mm-hmm. and you're just like do you have something you want to talk about the issues with the mama perhaps mm. perhaps perhaps i was gonna say i got one word for you and that's voluptuous oh uh, <laughs> let me tell you a little something let me tell you do a little it. something yeah. Bram Stoker. Okay, I'm gonna back up. Yeah. A lot of authors have favorite words to Good describe time. things. We talked about this in Carmilla of just yes. language, language, right? This, language language this, language that. Um, the the word in this book mm. is voluptuous. That it is. And I kept a tally of how many times Stoker used that word uh-huh. and it was too many <laughs> the grand it total too is many. too many <laughs> uh stoker uses this word whenever he's describing the lady vampires in particular mm. um and i if you're close to me and if you know you know that this is one of my rants is that i hate how often he says this to the point where um uh, good good friend voiced dracula uh for this uh, this radio show uh, adaptation yes. of, of Dracula, so they voiced they voiced him, and I was like, "So how did it go? How was your recording?" And they get back to me, and they're like, "Oh, you know, uh, I tried to make it as voluptuous as possible." And I was like, "Get out! Get out!" <laughs> Blocked. <laughs> Blocked. I hate that so much. Uh, but they did a good job. They did a good job. Uh, yeah. But I hate the word voluptuous. But but. Mm. Uh, 
But it do be setting up these three women, though. Boy, oh boy, do it. So, um, yeah, before long, our John, our sweet, sweet Jonathan is like, hmm, I better walk around at nighttime. Um, yeah, that's a thing, though. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so he, uh, he decides to do so, and... Lo and behold, there's some there's some ladies and they they're just coming on up to him, uh, nipples out, uh, yeah. pinpoint accuracy on his neckaroonie, and you know he he gets he gets hypnotized and they pull him off and uh, bring him to some big old bed and they start humping and bumping and biting and frightening and uh, and yeah <laughs> then we get some a good More shot of just a lot night. of blood coming out of Keanu Reeves nipple like straight uh, out of his areola it's so strange <laughs> and it's such it's a close up shot it's so yuck um, right. yeah so, so choices right. were made. yeah yeah so that happens and I think at some point he like looks out the window and it's a pretty stark cliff and he sees uh, Dracula looking very animalistic just kind of clinging to the wall and like crawling around like Ooh. a like a monkey monster. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay, so in in the book, right? Yes. Um the the ladies bit happens, but um before anything gets really rocking and a rolling. Yeah. Um and and Jonathan the whole time is like, "Oh, but but what about Mina? But what about Mina? Mina?" And he totally gets like overtaken by these uh-huh. women and he's like, "Uh who has to know?" Um, so that's not a great moment, but, but again, before anything gets really rocking and rolling, um, Dracula flies in and is like, what do you guys think? I said, don't. And they were like, but we're hungry. And but I'm hungry. But I'm like, hungry. And he's uh, like, I think he says he's mine or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. This one belongs like that. to me. No. Like I, I called, I called dibs. I called dibs. <sighs> I said double dibs, ladies. Does I that mean said- nothing to you? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously not. So yeah. he chases them away. But this moment that you're talking about with Dracula, it's okay. It there are a couple moments in the book. Like I said, the book mm. kind of drags sometimes. It's it's pretty slow. Yeah. But there are a couple of moments that just slap. Like they have no reason to go that mm. hard. Maybe they do. <laughs> it's horror after all. So maybe. Okay, you know what? Yeah, they did have reason to go that hard. And it's Hmm. some of the most effective imagery. And one of the first instances is this description. Jonathan um, actually pokes his head out the window in the book. And he's like, well, it's a a castle. And he looks over and he sees Dracula, like, crawl out of a window and scurry like a lizard. Is how it's described. Like, like just on... Maybe we should start recording. <laughs> this looks like Visually, this just, yeah. I'm just trying to do this right now. <laughs> Imagine a big scary lizard, but it's scarier than that. But so. it's a Dracula. It's uh, a Dracula too. Just a, a full, full grown man just mm. spider manning it on down uh, <laughs> a wall. Like you'd yeah. have concerns. You'd have you'd have con- anyway. Right. So that moment is just chef's kiss. Mm. XOXO, love the chef. XOXO. Um, yeah, that's that's excellent. So I think at this point we spend a little bit of time over with Mina um, and Lucy. Oh uh, well, or kind of uh, so, cuts between the two. Yeah, so I I don't know how it, it it'd be in the movie, but because it's a epistolary, I'll I'll just I'll just finish it off on this. Yeah. yeah. Um. We'll we'll finish Jonathan's 
journey uh, how the book does, shall we say? Sure. And then we can Let's move just to the movie. Um, Hop over to the ladies. The next beat. Yeah. So um, this is a fantastic cliffhanger. Um, th- this whole uh, tale has been told from Jonathan's POV. Yeah. His POV. Um, through journal entries. Mm. And Jonathan gets to the point where he realizes he's in danger. Uh, he decides he's going to bounce. <laughs> about time, my boy. About, to- about damn time. Um, <laughs> but he can't escape through the front door. He knows he's going to die if he stays any longer. And he basically just kind of like looks out the window and is like, I might as well. <laughs> there goes nothing. And so he finishes off his diary entry of just like, well, here we go and it's a fantastic cliffhanger because it's basically just it it really is just uh i hope i get to come back to this journal Mm. Mm. god bless my little broken body you know and and that's just where so that it cuts you don't know what's happened to jonathan you just know that like he was like i just got to get out of here here we go uh and then it cuts to mina and lucy Mina and Lucy. These two little voluptuous languid girls are just living their Please Connor, <laughs> you're fire. Ah, beans. Blood! Well, uh yeah, so we see these two ladies. It's Winona Ryder and her uh strawberry blonde friend, and they're just having a Victorian old time, hanging out. You can tell they're pretty close. At one point they're frolicking through the gardens and it starts to rain and uh then they start kissing for a while so uh, they're buddies just, just gals being pals yeah just gals being pals and hey, um can i get a t-shirt that says <laughs> having a grand old victorian time <laughs> uh and i yeah. will wear it all of june during pride month oh love that oh I would my like gosh. it if it had two girls kissing on it uh yes i think we should make merch of that because oh that I, sounds I, so great I hey ned that shirt constantly ned uh ned. get on that <laughs> The, the usual fee, I presume. Ned, I need you to make me some gay swag. Uh, <laughs> but no, because we've talked about this, uh, again, with Carmilla, of just in this tendency that Victorian novels have to be like, oh, here's the gals being pals. Mm. <laughs> you know? They, cough, cough. Cough, cough. Is, is it just that they were... they? friendship was allowed to be a little bit more affectionate like this or was it just a cover-up right right I, I, it seems very like just cultural in the european stuff that you read from around this time um yeah. i've talked obviously about carmilla before and that these these two gals were just friends who you know shared a bed and shared <laughs> some smoochies and shared all sorts of stuff so you Which, know like I I am on the kiss your homies train like yeah. absolutely. That's just it's what's a, what's a little smooch between homies between homes between homes. Mm. But like, there comes a point where you're just like, yeah, I don't think they're homies anymore, dude. Mm. Oh my gosh, they were roommates. And <laughs> they were roommates. They were roommates. <laughs> Which Mina and Lucy kind of are, even though they come from different yeah. families. Mina uh, yeah, yeah, hangs yeah. out with Lucy a lot. Like you said, I would mm-hmm. hang out with my hot rich friend if I had a hot yes. rich friend. Absolutely. I am the hot rich friend that people hang out with. Oh, I'm not, yeah. I'm not rich. I'm not <laughs> uh, uh, but I have the appearance of being bougie, so. Yes, quite. And with I your keep paying for dinner. Mm-hmm. Squishmallow familiar. With my squishmallow. Um, 
<laughs> so Lucy's quite popular uh, yeah. among the fellas of this town. She's got three uh, pretty distinguished suitors that are all like, mm, I need me some of that Lucy. Uh, so I guess she throws a little day party and then, uh, I think the doctor in the film shows up first and he's like, Lucy, Dr. Seward. Yeah. Dr. Seward. He's a great guy. Um, yeah, no, he's my favorite for sure. Yeah. He's great. She talks to him for a little while and kisses him on the mouth. And then this Texas boy shows up. Quincy. Uh, Quincy. He, sh- he shows up with this huge Bowie knife, and she comes up and starts, like, touching him all over. And she's like, your knife is so big. And then she, like, <coughs> I think kisses him on the mouth, too. Uh, and then the third <laughs> fella, played by Carrie Yules, um, <gasps> comes up. And he's like, hey, baby. And she's like, oh, my gosh. And she goes, starts talking to him and kissing him on the mouth. And boy, oh, boy. Mina's just like, oh, Lucy. Uh- <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> oh, Lucy, you ho, you yes. little slut. <laughs> yes, yes. So she's obviously um, doing pretty well in that front. She's uh, having a blast. She is. And I guess at yeah. this point, she's kind of undecided with her suitors, um, but we'll get to that in a bit. Um, yeah, she kind of strings them along a little bit. And, yeah. and the book is, it's interesting. It's interesting because maybe this is one of those moments where it's like, oh, I'm reading this from my modern eyes. I've seen sure. a lot of heartless girls kind of play this game. But the book almost paints Lucy, the, the book takes special care to frame paint Lucy as innocent, as fair. She's got the white mm-hmm. skin. She's got the blonde hair. She's just so charming and light as a feather and everyone that meets her just absolutely adores her and she just kind of is like oh i love all three of these men like they're they're my favorite oh i just can't decide who to marry and of course she picks the rich guy um which i i am team jack seward by the way uh i hope that's Uh, his name seward seward i seward sounds too much like Sewer and yeah. my boy deserves better. Yes, Seward. <laughs> <laughs> it's French. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So and even like Mina is just so forgiving of this behavior, and it's just like, oh, you it, Lucy can do no wrong. Um. Mm. So you gotta wonder again. I I personally think Mina's by like when I do my adaptation of Dracula. Yeah. Pains will be taken to make sure that Mina comes across as bisexual. <laughs> that is if very I much have to the feeling the bi-bob, in the film too. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Eventually she picks uh, Arthur, Lord Godalming, the rich, yes. the rich boy. Yes. Yes, um, yes. And Quincy and Jack are like chill with it. Yeah. They're like, I mean, they're still oh, hanging well. out with her. I think yeah. up until the, the, the end, but um, the end, but, um <laughs> yeah, she goes with the yeah, rich man. Goes with the rich man. Hold on, sorry. I got a my my headphone just died, so I okay. I okay. am recording. I'm gonna see if I can switch over. Okay. Okay. Uh, hello, is this one? Yes, we're good. Okay. Cool. Okay, we can jump back in. All right. Mm. Picks the rich kid. Yeah, she picks the rich kid, and um, so uh, things are not all peaches and guacamole in Lucyville because <laughs> she starts to have these strange dreams, and she goes sleepwalking pretty often. Um, yeah. And Mina, who's like uh, obviously watching her while she sleeps, is like, 
Lucy, where are you going? And she walks into the gardens. Um, and Mina kind of follows at a distance. And then she finds Mina just humping and bumping with what looks like a werewolf type thing. It's a man beast. Good glob. Good Have glob indeed. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure at this point it's, it's Dracula or one of Dracula's kind of uh, forms over here. Yeah. Uh, and then Mina comes up. And Dracula's like, you didn't see nothing. And then Mina kind of like goes into her own days and uh, werewolfy boy Mina's pieces like, out. you're right. I would do anything to give up that memory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, Lucy comes to and she's like, why am I out here? What's going on? I don't feel good. And Mina's like, I don't know, dude. Come on, let's go inside. Let's, um, just, let's, let's just pretend like none of this ever yes. happened. So- I, I, I will say, quick amendment, that basically happens in the book, Lucy uh-huh. sleepwalks, but Lucy doesn't head to gardens, she heads to a cemetery, because uh, uh-huh. that's the goth thing to do, as we know from the mother of all hardcore goths, Mary Shelley, is you're yep. supposed to do your dirty business in graveyards. <laughs> um but she she heads up to a graveyard. She goes to sit on, like, her certain bench that looks out over the ocean. Hmm. Um, and it's more just more having a grand old Victorian time. Uh, Dracula comes and just kind of nibbles on her neck. And yum, yum, so yum. when Mina's like, wait, 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 where did Lucy go? And she, like, heads up the path to be like, Lucy, is that you? She looks up and she just kind of sees, like, big red eyes. Ooh. And a dark figure, kind of like over Lucy, and she's like, "Hey!" And this Wait figure a minute. flits off, mm. and she's like, "Lucy, you good man?" And she puts her shawl around Lucy and is like, "Okay, we get, we gotta get you some tea. We gotta get you inside. Let's just pretend like this didn't happen." And Mina, right. Mina is more than willing to just be like, "Okay, that was freaky. Uh, let's move on," <laughs> which is <laughs> an extremely British thing. Yes. <laughs> So I think um, at this point in the film, we've had little snippets of this asylum, kind of the next set piece we are going to oh, yes. touch base on. But um, this is the part when we kind of get into the asylum proper. We've been talking about our boy, uh, Dr. Seward. Seward. Jack! Jack. And um, he has a very peculiar peculiar patient by the name of Renfield. Oh, um, you. Yes, who I, I think is a great, great, creepy character. Uh, um, yes, Renfield is one of the best. Yeah, when he when we first see him, he's screaming to Dracula. He's like, my master, tell me what you want me to do. Ah, and then he's like eating bugs and catching he all sorts of bu- little <laughs> stuff. And, and uh, Jack Seward is like, man, this guy's a genius. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why he thought that, but he's like, this guy's got it down. Yeah, I've got to understand the way this man thinks. So um, he's on a different plane, man. Yeah, he's yeah. He's just built different. So he's spending time with him, and in the movie, uh, Doctor Jack is for sure hitting up that heroin here and there. Yeah, I don't um, like that bit because Jack yeah. is just perfect uh, in the book. So I don't. Not yeah. saying that doing heroin makes you not perfect. I'm just saying. No. <laughs> no, not my Jack. So no, Jack's doing Jack. a bunch of heroin, and all the, the guards over at this asylum are wearing these, like, birdcage heads. I don't know why. It's, it looks cool. It doesn't make any sense, though. Um, you know, I think that's the goal of this movie is just to look cool. <laughs> yes, and I will say one of, one of my uh, biggest compliments I want to give this movie is the use of lighting and shadow. 
Um, there are several mm -hmm. shots where you just see Dracula's shadow, uh, and it's this very imposing, larger-than-life image, and then it cuts over to him, and he looks perfectly normal and tame, and it's... Um, yeah, we dig that. It's very deceptive. Yeah, I like it quite a lot. Uh, yeah, so we uh, we get to see a little bit of Renfield's business, and you know, he, he's eating bugs and screaming for Dracula. Can I jump in here really yeah. quickly? <laughs> so um, I, this is uh, where another shift happens in the novel is we we go from Mina writing these letters uh, about Lucy, um, writing in her diary, and we head over to Jack writing patient records. Uh -huh. So he does, he owns this asylum. He He's working with, you know, crazy people, essentially. And although, you know, anyone really could have ended up in asylum <laughs> in Victorian era, but we're not going to oh, talk yeah. about that. So he is fixated on Renfield. Uh, Renfield is a fantastic character. I I he he's so great. What one of my most hated adaptations of this um Renfield is the one who tells the story. Hmm. And okay. I hate it because it's not Renfield's story like yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah. Renfield is just an excellent cog in the machine because yeah, sure. one of the things that I love about this book is that it's it's not just Dracula as the antagonist, it's Dracula and how he affects others. Mm. And so you see this really strongly in Renfield and spoiler alert, Lucy. Yeah. But with Renfield in particular, Renfield is doing this thing where he's not just eating bugs. Like he's doing this thing where he's collecting flies mm -hmm. and keeping them as pets. And then he starts catching spiders and feeding the flies to the spiders Yep, and he's basically doing this like transference thing, um, and and Jack is all just like, "Oh, that's so cute." He wants little pets, and Renfield is like, "Yes, <laughs> pets." He went on to write the novel, just "The Old pets. Lady Who Swallowed the Fly." Yeah, for real though. Um, <laughs> but like he he keeps doing this essentially blood transference because he keeps saying the blood is the life. Like that's mm. his whole thing. Is he's just really obsessed with um life transferring life and so yeah. he he keeps trying to level up essentially is he <laughs> tries to find something bigger than to eat the last thing right. and for bigger exp exactly exactly and so it's just really kind of creepy because he he manages to get jack on his side and jack's like oh i think he's kind of harmless and i think at one point like Look at this little goofball. <laughs> Look at this little goofball. I don't think it happens early on. I think it happens a little bit later. But in case we don't get back to Renfield for a while, uh -huh. Renfield basically convinces Jack. He's like, no, man, I'm totally good. And Jack is like, okay, let him have a pet. Like, I think it's a cat or a bird. Uh -huh. or, I, I think it's a bird. Um, and, and Renfield's like, great, thanks. And then something happens that sets Renfield off. And Renfield kills the bird. And Jack uh -huh. is like... Why did you do that, man? That's now I gotta put you in restraints because I, we I think chill. you're hostile again. I thought we were chill. Like, dude, on, where Ren. was that? Where was that? So, anyways, Renfield is great because you get a little bit into the mind of Dracula because Renfield is essentially a human familiar to Dracula. Yes. He's super, super devoted. Um, and it's all just a little funky. So, that it is. um, here's the other thing that I forgot to mention. Um, Something happens in the book that I don't know if it happens in the movie. Mm -hmm. Does the Demeter happen in the movie? Demeter. Mm. I don't it's know. It's the ship 
that Dracula. Oh yes, on? briefly. Yeah. So he uh, he snail mails himself over to <laughs> London or whatever he from mails from his house, and it's yeah, it's true. full of dirt, and we don't see too much outside of that. Okay, which is a damn shame because it's mm. probably the best scene in the whole damn book. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go out. This is my spicy take of okay. the episode. Is yes. This is the best scene in the whole book. So spice. Let me tell you why. So Dracula, as you said, snail mails himself out to the London. And uh, this is where you see Dracula turn into the mist, essentially. So this this ship is, this section of the book is told through this captain's log of every day a new member of his crew gets picked off. They hear screams, they hear shrieks, they hear, you know, people falling overboard. It's just this ma- just this weird murder mystery that's happening. And this captain is like, what the f*** is happening? What's going on? And he's left for last. And it kind of does the same thing that Jonathan does, where it just kind of ends on this cliffhanger where the captain is just like, uh, I'm the only one left. And it cuts essentially to this newspaper clipping and this newspaper clipping describes how this boat just emerges out of some uncharacteristic mist and Mm -hmm. sails itself into port okay and when people find the ship and they like rope it down and they board it and like no one is there and they find the captain's log everyone's just kind of like what the Oh. heck is this and it's cool. just a fantastic moment um so yeah that's the that's the best moment best moment in the book hit it all right should we uh should we take a pee break yeah let's take a pee break y'all now that we've touched on the greatest moment of dracula history we're gonna go uh do real. our thing and you guys just hear the sweet dulcet tones of our sponsors oh i love this sponsor Ah, uh, me too one, two, three. The good, the rad, the spooky junior, the ghosts are unemployed. Hi, nerds and uh, other listeners who may not identify as nerds. That's fine. Um, I've been listening to the audiobook of Mistborn for the first time, the uh, fantasy series by Brandon Sanderson, and I'm having a great time with it. The reason I feel like it has a place here is because the core idea is the setting of the book takes place a thousand years after the big bad guy won. And that's the world we find ourselves living in. It's bleak, it's hopeless, and it is incredibly unique in a lot of different ways. There's a unique magic system, there's memorable characters, there's quite a lot uh, to sink your teeth into there. So check it out if that sounds like your cup of tea. And if you have checked it out, great. I'm almost done with it. Let's talk about it sometime. All right, back to the show. Well, Connor, I've got my peanut M&Ms and my mm. Diet Coke, which they mm. don't go together, but uh, they do satisfy. I disagree. It's, it's like peanut butter and mayonnaise. It's not technically supposed to go together, but it can. Uh, no, that's a bad metaphor you know, I used I for like a, a poor hey. relationship I was in at one point. But anyway. Oh! <laughs> uh, listen, nice. I if, if we didn't have to talk about a certain story, mm. I'd want that one. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get there someday. It's a different kind of horror. But, uh, <laughs> but the bitey guy. Bitey guy. So, well, uh-huh. 
We just wrapped up the best scene of the whole book. We did. I'm sorry to everyone. It, it peaked there. Uh, but that's okay. Did. That's okay. There's still there's still some goodness to be had as we tread forward mm-hmm. into um, the rom commy kind of section. <laughs> yes. So I think I think if if I if I remember correctly, um, Mina goes out to see Jonathan, and we were about to talk about Lucy. Yes. Yes. <sighs> Lucy. Oh, Luce. Have we talked about how, like, lovely she is? Yeah, uh, yeah. She really does have that kind of purity and uh, that So much happens when you go to the really bathroom. Gravitates I towards her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So with that, uh, this is the introduction to my favorite character. <laughs> well, I can't oh, say booyah. favorite character because I love everybody. This is Van Helsing. Um yeah. As I understand it, Van Helsing is a lot different in the movie than he is in the book. Do you want to describe him in the movie? Yeah, he's an Anthony Hopkins type, but he decided <sighs> to go with um, also insane for his character. Oh. And he just plays this, like, this, uh, this gentleman who doesn't really understand social cues. Oh. Um, yeah, and obviously he's, he's kind of a genius, but also he's like, his first assertion is, ah, vampires. I see. And everyone's like, hang on, what? <laughs> and he's like, no, no, he's vampires. And at one point, he, like, does a little dry hump to the Texas guy, and it's a super strange thing. But, um, okay. yeah, that's, uh, that's our Mr. Van Helsing in the film. Easily one of the more recognizable names uh, in, the, in this, you know, story, because there's a lot of spinoffs around him. But it's true. We we like the concept. Here's the funny thing is we like the concept of Van Helsing because we yes. like this. We like the, like, like let me paint you... The text painting, right? Painted. Of like, like if we just made a CV for Dr. Van Helsing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Dutch. He's experienced. He's renowned. He's a doctor. He mm. knows a bit about like folklore and crazy stuff. On paper, Van Helsing is awesome. He knows what to do in case of vampires. Like, word. Who who does that? Van who Helsing does. does. That? Well, <laughs> here's the thing. Actually, is um. No, he's kind of an a crazy old uncle, granddad in the book too. <laughs> okay, um, great. He, yep. I love it so much when authors understand bilingual characters. Yes, <laughs> because he really does come across as as Dutch, not because Stoker took the time to annotate his accent, but because he literally sounds like he speaks as someone who's not exactly familiar with English would speak. Yeah. It's fantastic. Um, cool. It also gives him just kind of a, a goofy quality. That's not to say yeah. that, like, yeah. bilingual people are just inherently goofy. It's just to say <laughs> when he shows up, he kind of does There's... this, like, like, you know the scene in the poltergeist when, like, the small yes. lady comes in and is like, <laughs> stand aside, you jam in my frequencies. Uh-huh. He kind of does that. He kind of yeah, yeah, steps yeah. in and is like, Oh, okay. No, I see what's going on here. Um, I have to go get a couple of textbooks, but I'll be right back. And yeah. <laughs> he, I don't remember exactly when in the book he uses this phrase, but it is one of my all-time favorite things that he yeah. says. And he says it repeatedly, where whenever he gets excited, he goes, I am dazzle. I am yes! dazzle. I am yes! amazed. I, I spark like... <laughs> to describe how excited he is even in the face of like this absolute monster right he's just like i am dazzle i am daze 
You are not Hugh Jackman. <laughs> yeah, not you are not the Hugh it, Jackman. No, but it really hunter. does feel like it does feel like he's he's a man. He's a learned man, a man of science, but also he has firsthand witnessed these 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 crazy happenstances and sometimes monsters and and you know within the realm of reality and him being assured and trusting his own mind yeah it's it's very exciting for this this inquisitive person sure i i mean and i totally get that i com- i completely yeah. agree with you very exciting he just responds very differently from you know a normal person <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, Absolutely. I think I think we should start incorporating the phrase "I am dazzle." I am dazzle. <laughs> I am dazzle. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so he's there um, because of Doctor Seward, who's like my kind of not girlfriend. Girlfriend is sick. Mm-hmm. Come check this out. It's bonkers. Yeah. Van Helsing is like okay. Throw some garlic up. Lock the windows. Everyone should be fine. Let's get, let's do a blood transfusion. So, like, yeah, all three of her boyfriends yeah. give her, like, almost drain themselves. Have some blood. Which it's like, when you think about it, Lucy's probably of a smaller stature. Yeah. And they're yeah. all of a taller statue. And yet, somehow, like, she manages to, like, She's a like blood sponge. Uh, Van Helsing and Seward have to stop Arthur from right. donating so much blood because she's, mm-hmm. like, she's sucking it. Um, so that that happens. The problem is, is that Lucy, despite all of their best efforts, Lucy's mom is like this garlic unnecessary. It's ghastly. Oh my gosh. Let's let's just we don't in need the, this anymore. In the movie, I think it was straight up Lucy who was like, I don't want this around my neck, or you know, however English people sound. That sounded a little like a Southern Belle. I'll be honest. Get with you. this like off really of my shrewd. neck. I live in London. I don't need this. Lucy. <laughs> I feel like your accent went all over the place. Connor, are you an actor? <laughs> it's British. Yeah, I'm a I'm an actor. Good for That's you. That's my Lucy accent. Thanks. Anyway. <laughs> Great. Good. So, um, <laughs> Lucy's mom slash Lucy. Everyone. Well, you know what? And we know that people behave like this because we're seeing it right now in this Panopticon. Right? Is yeah things get just good enough that you're like, oh, I'll survive this. And so you uh-huh. stop, like, tanking your antibiotics, right? Yeah. So Dracula comes in, finishes the job. Lucy dies. Yep, Everyone's yep. like, no. Everyone's so upset. Um, here's the problem. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we, we like to say, because it's scientifically accurate, correlation is not causation. Causation, right, right. But it seems that, like, even though Lucy died, Lucy dies, but then this thing called the Bloofer Lady, the Bloofa Lady, mm. which is Cockney for Beautiful Lady, um, this this ghostly woman in white has right, been Bloofa. wandering around. She's dang it. Eating kids. All I know is that women in specific color clothing usually kill children, all right? If it's the woman huh. in blank, they're going to hurt kids. Really? Yes. And by that, that I mean... Is scientifically accurate? Yes. Can you prove If that? you wear all white or all black, you will kill children, and that is uh, hmm. Victorian doctrine. What's the statistics for a woman in red? Ooh, ooh, a billion percent. Dead hmm. kids. Dead kids everywhere. So, and it has to be dead kids. It can't be like... It's Revenge. always those kids. If it's a if it's a guy, it'll kill you know everyone. If it's a lady, just going for those kids. I don't know what it is. 
Hmm, someone should write something about that. Yeah. I'm not gonna, though. So, anyways, so, um, uh, Mina, Mina gets to, oh, wait, no, 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 Mina does not come back yet. Mina not and quite. Jonathan are out getting married at They're getting a hitched. convent. Yeah, because Mina, Mina does head out to this convent and is like, Jesus, Jonathan, what happened to you? And all the nuns are like, first of all, we don't speak English, but we're going to somehow nonetheless tell you that, I don't know, he's just been going off about how spooky the castle is. Here's a giant Also, he looks like he's kind of dying. I don't know. He He, kind of looks looks like he's 10 or 20 years older. (laughs) Glad you're here. Uh, What do you want to do? And Mina's like, oh, let's get married. Yeah, let's just do the married thing. Sure. Um, I, I will say for the movie... Uh, at this point with Mina, uh, she's been rendezvousing with a very handsome foreign man. What? Um, played by Gary Oldman. Wait. And he's like, you Gary look just like characters? my wife. Um, yeah, he's this he's this handsome princey man. And at first she writes him off. She's like, leave me alone. Blah, blah, blah. And, she, and then she was like, oh, I'm sorry for being rude. And he's like, will you go to this thing called the motion picture with me? And she's like, hmm. Okay, uh, and then they do, and um, she really becomes captivated by him. And so, in replying to Jonathan's letters, where he's like, "Hey, yo, meet me at this convent. Let's get married," she's like, "I can't help but thinking of my my foreign prince." Um, okay. Let, yeah, let's not forget in the uh, prologue that doesn't happen in the book. Um, Winona Ryder is Dracula's GF slash wife who kills herself. Oh. And then he sees her, like, engaged to this Jonathan Bozo, and he's like, I want to marry this babe. Uh, And so this is all going on. And then when she, yeah, when she replies to Jonathan that she's coming, she's like, but I love that that man so much. That uh, strange foreign man who I've met known for two days. Um, So that is a part of the movie. Just going to throw that in there. I don't think that's involved in the book at all. Yeah, because they had to make it, you know. Weird. <laughs> sexy? Yes. So you can just say sexy. We're talking Gotta about vampires. So let me get this yes. straight. Let me get this straight. Dracula uh-huh. is over here, like, all into Mina. Yeah. When he's had three wives back at also, his castle. Yeah, and has also been munching on Lucy? He's munching. Yeah. But, but yeah. <laughs> so there's that part in the, in the graveyard or whatever it is when... Um, she finds, and when Mina finds Lucy, and she's getting on with this werewolf-looking thing, and he's like, "You didn't see anything," and then she's like, "What happened?" Uh, so he, I guess he wanted to preserve his image. So yeah, they've been. Um, uh, yeah, they've been preserve image, but like you're fine with. Mm, you know what? It's this is all double strange. standardy. This is all yes. very, and I don't like it. That it is. But moving on. Hmm. So so you were saying uh, Mina Mina's at the convent now and they're getting yeah. hitched. They go do that thing. Um, but I want to talk about what happens with Lucy because that's, that's another one of my favorite parts of the book, actually. Is yeah. um, so, so, so. Van Helsing comes back and is like, ah, so she did die. Um, mm. Except here's the thing is that she's not dead because... Uh, she's a vampire, and everyone's mm-hmm. like, "We don't talk like that in England. You touch people are insane." And Van Helsing's like, "No, no, 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 like, no, just, just." I tell you what, I tell you what. If you don't believe me, why don't you 
give me just like a ton of big pointy things like autopsy knives and I don't know a stake perhaps and why mm-hmm. don't we just mosey on down to the cemetery and just kind of check out Lucy's tomb how about that yeah. and they're like yeah okay sure we'll we'll do that they go down to the cemetery at like midnight because of course it is and they see that Lucy's tomb is empty ah balls and then they look up and they see Lucy who's totally got a kid in her hand she do. And has been moaching. She has been moaching on that kid. In the movie, it's just this crying little girl. It doesn't really necessarily oh, indicate that she's been moaching. But it's, yeah, it's a scared little gal. Yeah, it's not great. And the, the fellas are like, Lucy, put down the kid. <laughs> Drop it. <laughs> Drop it. <laughs> you don't know where that's been. So. <laughs> um, yeah. it's, it's honestly, it's very creepy. And I love it. I love mm. it to high heaven mm-hmm. and lowest hell. Lucy <laughs> looks up and sees that it's Arthur. She drops the kid, holds out her arms. She's got all manner of just, you know, red Blood on this white. It's a very visually beautiful moment she's got blood coming down out of her face and out of her dress and she holds out her arms and she goes Arthur come kiss me and it's like oh that's spooky mm-hmm. oh and it's of course, spooky and bad so I, I, I don't know about the f- I feel like this might be um, synonymous with the book but how does Arthur respond oh Arthur's like see I told you Lucy wasn't dead everything's fine she's fine bros check this out <laughs> Goes to smooch her. <laughs> Goes to smooch. <laughs> I think in the play, um, right before, it's right before Lucy dies, Lucy is like, Arthur, wait, come kiss me. And Arthur's like, sure, uh-huh. yeah, okay. And Van Helsing yeah, like man. grabs him by the back of the neck, by the, by the back of his shirt it. jacket and pulls him back and is like, no! Yeah. Idiot! So they right. kill Lucy. And it's it, it's great because Van Helsing this time. like looks all three of her boyfriends in the eye essentially and is like, right, do you have the balls to do what needs to yeah. get done right now? <laughs> because we have to kill her, uh-huh. and we don't just have to kill her. We gotta stake her heart and then decapitate her head. And mm. Arthur, as her fiance, I'm gonna make you do. <laughs> So Arthur Uh, has to slam this stake into her heart and then Jack and Van Helsing decapitate her. And the whole time it's like, we're doing this because we love you. (laughs) No offense, but please die permanently. (laughs) Please die. (laughs) We have to preserve your purity. And it's like, (laughs) the bitch wasn't pure when she was alive, folks. (laughs) She was just blonde. (laughs) Yeah. Hold on, hold on. Pure Here's smear. the thing about Dracula okay. is that it's very funny when you say it all out loud. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. It's less funny when you're reading it. But mm. when you say it out loud, you're like, oh my gosh, what? <laughs> Wait a second. Sounds like a goof and a gaff and a half, but nope. At it's this horror. point, yeah, but no, just kidding. It's it's classic horror. Um, at this point, Mina and Jonathan come back. Mina's like, what happened? Ah, dang it. And everyone's like, oh, Mina, we don't want to tell you because it was your best friend. And you're just so sensitive. And Mina kind of, like, slams Jonathan's journal down and is like, I know everything that happened to Jonathan. Mm. I know everything that made him go whoop, whoop, bonkers. I don't know what that was. Yeah. (laughs) So... Can I can I point out the stark difference in the movie? 
I uh, wish you would. Time. Take us away from boy, my mistake. Oh boy, I don't know. I Because I feel like that's a much more natural and, I don't know, justified response. But in the movie, she just goes back and after being married to Jonathan, meets up with the Count again, or with her prince again, which, aka Dracula. Neat. And she's like, hey, you want to make out? And like, you know do it and suck each other's blood and he's like that is exactly what i wanted to do so <laughs> he 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 does a little nibble on her neck and then he slices open her his own nipple of course why and he's like take a little suckle uh and then she goes for it and he's like wait no i cannot let you do this to yourself and she's like but i'm gonna and he's like <laughs> okay and then she does <laughs> So <laughs> that's the uh, that's the return of Mina but in the I'm film. Gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna though. He's like, all righty. Don't say I didn't warn you. <laughs> well, that's an incredible bastardization of what actually happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's goofy. It's 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 pretty. Goofy. Yeah, I mean, like the the great thing is like. Mina is one of the best female characters to ever happen to horror, like ever. Um, she she is fantastic feminist and and just just a fantastic, not just a fantastic female character in horror, but just in any classic literature. Like I personally think that she was written very well. Yes, I don't also, know. Defo, if, she's a bi queen. Oh yeah. Oh, bi icon for the ages. She's a bi icon, if you will. Mina nails it. Um. Mm. Yeah, in in the in the play in the play adaptation that uh-huh. I read by Eric Cushing, um, I don't know. Again, I don't know if he intended things to come across, but there are some lines where it's like, mm. 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 I, I'm sure that's mm. uh, to the director's interpretation, but I feel like it would. It'll well, land a lot this director loves the gays and uh, yes. and the queers. So this <laughs> director right here reading it was like. Woo-woo. All about making Mina a bi-icon. Anyway, so she's a bi-icon for the ages, and she's a feminist hero. Um, anyway, so everyone's like, oh, Mina, you're too pure, too sensitive, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, bullshit! And <laughs> <laughs> basically shows up and is like, I'm sorry, but all y'all are just... Hold up a minute. I don't care. I don't... No, 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 no. I'm gonna help you track down Dracula, because that's Van Helsing's next job. Is He's like, okay, well, we gotta go kill, you know, the Count now. Mina gets in there and she's like, "Let's go! I'm ready to fight with you. I got it. I yeah. got it. Put up your dukes. Put up. Let, let's go." And so Mina's like, "Okay, so I transcribed all of Jonathan's stuff. He, why don't you read that and I'll go transcribe all of your your notes?" And so she transcribes Seward's journals. I think she transcribes some stuff from Van Helsing, and she gets it done like super fast. Like she's Woo. she's just on it. And then they. Mina does become Dracula's next target. They're trying to figure this out. They're trying to hunt down Dracula. Mina has, like, gone in to see Renfield, even. Like, Mina goes in and talks to Renfield. And she's just, like, fearless the whole time. She's like, oh, crazy man eats bugs? Not a problem. (laughs) Not a problem. Um... At that point, Mina does become Dracula's next target. And so they're all trying to keep Mina as safe as possible. They're downstairs one evening talking about whatever it is that guys talk about. They hear commotion upstairs and they're like, oh, no. And they run upstairs and Mina is has been bitten a little bit, but she's being forced Ooh. to suck Dracula's blood. 
So, ah. like, he, he has cut open, like, a, I don't know if it's his nipple, but it's his <laughs> chest. And the book is, like, ooh, it describes him just, like, kind of shoving her face into his chest, into his pecs, essentially. And uh-huh. she's just kind of like, no, nah, I'm not into this at all. Yeah, they in the movie, they're both super into it. Yeah, <laughs> so. well, she's not a fan. Actually, yeah. you know what? The Demeter was pretty good. Actually, yeah. this is my favorite part of the whole book. This is my yeah. favorite part of the whole book. So they scare Dracula off, and Mina, like, takes, like, five seconds to compose herself. And then she's like, okay, so what are we going to do about that? And Van Helsing's so that like, was okay, weird, so, um, so you're half a vampire, I guess. You're just a little vampy. Um, how are you feeling? How are you doing? Like, maybe we can use this to our advantage. And Mina's like, yeah, I'm on board. So Mina and Van Helsing are having this back and forth of like, okay, where do we go from here? Like responsible adults, Jonathan next to her is just freaking out. Jonathan next to her has lost his yeah. damn mind. Um, so Mina, if you will, if you will, Mina's like sitting there like a proper Victorian woman. Jonathan is just like, hey, my pretty women. But my baby. He's, he's losing his mind. And the book literally has... I should have brought in the book. Darn, I could have pulled this up for you. But basically, Mina, talking to Van Helsing, turns to Jonathan, tells him to get his act together. (laughs) It's like, Jonathan, please, you're embarrassing me. Like, pull yourself together. And then turns back to Van Helsing and is like, so how are we going to get this sucker? Yeah. It is... Wow. I love it. I love it. It's 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 nice. truly just a, a, a uh, I love Mina so much. I love Mina yeah. so much. Did you know that my burlesque name actually comes from Mina? Oh really? I have I have a burlesque performer name. What is what is that full name? Well, you're gonna bleep audience? it out. You're gonna bleep it out. This is okay. <laughs> All right, go, go ahead and spit it for for my sake. It's mmm blanky but blank. Very cool. <laughs> I'm not going to blink up that part, so... Oh, good, great. Yeah, no, that's, like, Patreon-exclusive content. Anyways, yes. point is, <laughs> um, yeah, Mina is my hero. Uh, I absolutely adore her. So, anyways, um, they realize that there's this sympathetic connection between Mina and Dracula, and maybe this is where Francis Ford Coppola got whatever idea he had. Yeah. Um, but basically, Mina can kind of see into Dracula's subconscious, and so Van Helsing, mm-hmm. like, hypnotizes her puts her under a trance and when she's under this trance she can describe what's happening with dracula at that moment so through her they're able to track dracula down they get all the way to his castle and they totally just have a massive brawl right outside of dracula's castle uh spoilers quincy does die in the skirmish quincy no but so does dracula quincy oh dracula they the main him. character? The main no. character dies. No. Yeah, they got I him. I liked him. He was such a sweet guy. Did you really like him? Yeah, he was kind of a stinker at the end of the day. So. <laughs> he was... He, 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 he. The rules of consent were a little fuzzy. Yeah. Dracula, yeah, the man, like. needs to, uh, the man needs to get with the times a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> So, anyways, that's uh, that's the story of Dracula. Is there anything else from Woo-wee. the movie that happens that you need to cover? Uh, no, that's about the whole nine yards. Renfield's a crazy baby, but um, I do love Renfield, though. I do too. That's that's about it for Dracula. We we just we did it. 
We summarized yeah. this dang old plot. Um, oh, like a lot of pages. I think it's like 400 pages or something like that. So what do you feel like, say, uh, what do you feel like the big takeaway is for you after visiting this story and spending time uh-huh. with the Count? Like as Vale in the year of our Lord 2021 or as like Vale is the horror scholar who understands 1893? Yes. Okay, well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> or 1890, <laughs> 1890s, um, veil as now, as now, uh-huh. um, the way that they understand it is, yes. I can't think of Dracula without also recognizing the iterations that have come from thenceforth. I can't entirely isolate Dracula without, you know, I I feel like our modern perception of a vampire is because of Anne Rice's interview with a vampire. Right. Is because of Twilight. Is because of, even to an extent, Lost Boys. Like, there's just so many vampires that have come after Dracula that when they do Dracula adaptations in the here and now... I feel like it gets warped by it because then our perception of the past stops being what did the text actually say mm-hmm. and it starts being what do I think it says. So maybe, I don't know, with the times he's become a little less of his own character and a little bit more of a template or a culture. I would agree with that. I think oh, I think you nailed it when you said culture. Because mm. a lot of people like to look at Dracula and they're just like, oh, yes, that's that's the gothic horror and it's like yes absolutely but like if you remember at the very very beginning of this podcast when i had my had it out with my dad right of just (laughs) like that's this is what gothic is and is not Mm -hmm. of course it does not gothic make yeah dracula is just like crimson peak is like the chef's kiss Mm. of what gothic horror is definitively definitively absolutely but you would not know that looking at the adaptations. Of it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's, so it's like, yeah, I, I, I think I think that's why it's so sticky for me to like examine it now. When I was reading it as well, that's the other thing too is that it was also written at a time when religion was just so prominent and religion oh, yeah. just Jeez. influenced everything. Which, like, granted, yes, I did live in Utah for quite some time, and yes, I did grow up in a in a culture where religion was yeah. extremely predominant. But not to this extent. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. This, Maybe that's just I mean, me. it, it defined everybody's day-to-day life. Moment-to-moment decisions were made based on the theology of the religion that was, you know, en- enveloping their entire culture. It really did. Hmm. And and not only that, but it was like, is a very specific religion as well. It was very Catholic or at least yeah. Protestant. Right. And I'm not all too familiar what i know about catholicism i have picked up from midnight mass so which is another <laughs> dracula adaptation mm. Ten- and I'm very excited to see it by the way i think I me ju- and the gf are checking it out this week oh my gosh connor please text me while you're watching it absolutely i, I have it has been I- so strongly recommended by my parents <laughs> and my old roommates and yeah no it's it's like right Dude. at the top of my list i think we're okay gonna check it out tonight listen um we will finish this Dracula episode and yes, then yes. maybe we'll do a Midnight Mass episode. <laughs> cool. Because um, I, I am in love 
with uh, one of the characters, and I'll let you guess who. Uh, okay, okay. I've heard excellent things about the preacher, but I'm I will leave it. Oh, yes, we're getting another. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> Love it. <sighs> Whatever. Anyways, we're not here to talk about. We're not here to talk about Father Hill, Father Pruitt. Um. Mm. We're here to talk about Dracula. That's right. Um, And I think that's the other funny thing, too, is that, like, a lot of people, because of their perceptions of vampires nowadays, is they... Well, you know what? Thanks to Anne Rice. Thanks to Anne Rice, they have just become... They were always kind of inherently sexual, actually, thanks to Polidori. Polidori is the one that made vampires sexual. But... Interview with a vampire just went so hard with yes. it. Sarah, my my girlfriend's so reading that right now, and yeah, it, allegedly it's pretty steamy. It is, it is, and Dracula has all those undertones, but nothing is inherently graphic. Mm-hmm. So it's got all the undertones of just you know really steamy, lusty, yeah, kind of carnal. But there's this dichotomy where, like, remember when we talked about Carmilla and and it was the whole conversation of, Mm -hmm. like, is this progressive or is this regressive? Right. Like, are you sticking up or are you putting down the queers? Um, I feel like with Dracula, it does that displacing. It it is saying that's the monster, that's that's what we don't do. And they do that (laughs) by using Lucy as almost like the sacrificial girl essentially is that they took lucy they painted her to be pure and lovable and amazing and wonderful and blonde (laughs) and then when she gets bitten and turned into a vampire she completely flips and so they have that conversation of like that's not a very very rapid deterioration in in her morals and her uh Mm -hmm. you know physicality all all that yeah. So it's like this is this is what happens when you become like that creature and that's mm. what we want to avoid and that's why they're such like they're so protective over Mina and why Mina is able to pull through it because she's yeah. actually pure or whatever. And so and and I personally love Mina's character not as a symbol of purity but as a symbol of endurance and strength okay. and yeah. and just straight up like no I'm going to take my seat at the table and no one is going to pull me from that even if I like yeah. No one is going to pull me from this. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so w- we can make comments, I suppose, about the different personality types between Lucy and Mina and that, like, Lucy was far more... Oh, give me a good word for Lucy. Hmm. Promiscuous? Mm, yeah, yeah, promiscuous, a little flippant, um, nonchalant in general, uh, yeah. carefree. Yeah. Blonde. Blonde. Blonde's a good word for it. <laughs> um, yeah, they, I, we, we could do a reading of that, but I'd prefer to not pit the two women against each other. Um, sure. I think that's an outdated reading, actually, to be honest. Yeah. And maybe that's yeah. just because I believe in sex positivity and sexual empowerment. Ayo. I'd rather focus on just Dracula. Yeah. Yeah. But it, but like I said, it's hard to pull Dracula out of the Twilight interview with a vampire, yes, yes. Lost Boys, Corfawful. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's there's quite a lot of um, it's it's kind of like rewatching a movie. Well, okay, this is a weird comparison, and this might just be a little niche for me. But rewatching the movie Kill Bill is pretty huh. difficult because of how many times it's been parodied and borrowed, like. 
any anyway, it it just it yeah, just yeah. reminds me of that same kind of uh, distillation that comes from all all of these cultural references, and um, it, it it loses a little bit of that sheen. Um, yeah. But at its core, what it is is something incredibly captivating and immortal. Um, mm. <laughs> I see what yeah, you did there. I, I'd say objectively immortal uh the story of dracula is gonna gonna be around forever it is it is why do you think that is you know i maybe it's just because you know there's it's a good question maybe it's it's a dark curiosity or it's just a um a guilty pleasure of us falling in love with our darker Mm. sides the more carnal animalistic nature of the human being and being able to see every side of that through this story and the various characters you know um we've got lucy before everything that happened on one end of the spectrum on the other side we've got dracula himself it's it's there's a very wide representation of characters and it's hell it's a pretty cool story yeah i like it it may not be it may not be told as quickly Perhaps sure. as, as would make it otherwise. Yeah, especially engaging. in today's standards, but yeah, especially in today's standards. <laughs> you know, and I think that's another reason too why people are why they see Dracula and they're just kinda like No, we can make it better. And it's like, no, you can't. No, <laughs> Old you can't. equals bad. <laughs> that's, the content is fine. Just mm-hmm. frame it better. Sure. You know, you don't need to mess with it. The story as it exists is dovetail. Just... Dovetail. Come on, guys. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's fan- why mess with the story? It's it's yeah. great as it is. Mm. Um, don't skip the Demeter bit either, because that's great. It's pretty fun. It's so great. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think Dracula is. I I love what you said. Immortal. Um. There's always going to be something about Dracula that is kind of like Shakespeare in that way, and that like Very he will always so. be able to reflect something about maybe us. Maybe that's part of the longevity is is uh, it's lended to its versatility in in the fact uh, that yeah. you know people are you know can take the story and these characters and have a lot of creative freedom with it. Uh, it doesn't always land as well, but <laughs> it's still there. It's got a sturdy backbone and a good story and interesting yeah. characters. I I wouldn't be I liked the Shakespearean comparison because you will see oh my gosh Shakespeare's stuff done in every way imaginable and then some. <laughs> 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 I saw a tweet the other day that was like hear me out what if we did Shakespeare in like modern clothes it makes you think revolution it was obviously someone being real facetious oh about it God. but I was like no. oh good one <laughs> sir good one anyways um, uh, as someone who's let... done 16 of those, I see you, I hear you. <laughs> I see you, I, I get lull. it. I get it. Mm. Um, I, I like what you said about backbone. This story has a backbone. Yeah. It's, it really is a very strong backbone and a fantastic foundation. And I guess when you have those two things, you can put a hell of a yeah. lot onto it. You can goof around with it as much as you want, Francis Boy, Ford. Boy, you sure can. You sure can. <laughs> Francis Ford, you and your blood titties. I've had about <laughs> enough of it. <laughs> ah, so many bloody nippies. I Please just... don't let that end up in the title. I don't want <laughs> I will try my best, Wink. <laughs> I'm sorry, this, this 
my disconcerted noises. <laughs> Anyways, um, I think the other thing, too, is with Interview of the Vampire, it started to make vampires sympathetic. Yeah, yeah. And this is why I love Dracula so much is because it says, no, I'm monster. Okay, there's nothing redeemable about me. Hmm. The only way to safety is to kill me. And you all want me. Toss, toss. And that is that is like oh yes that that is everything that I want to see from my monsters. Next week we're going to talk about a very sympathetic monster, but boy oh boy, spoilers. But for today, it is just mm. there's nothing redeemable about Dracula. Just evil, like just just straight pure evil. evil. It's just pure so evil. good. Mm. The the count has no empathy, no thought. For anyone else, just human does lives what are, he do are nothing. People are cattle. Yeah, really though, and mm. he's living his best life. <laughs> he, he is not a vegetarian. Let me tell you, he's ya. not a vegetarian, and it's fantastic. <laughs> um, I would like to mention, in passing, perhaps in closing, sure. Would you like to hear about the worst adaptation of Dracula I've ever seen? I think I would really like to hear about the worst adaptation of Dracula you would ever seen. Yes. Good, because I'm going to tell you about it. Cool. Have you seen the Netflix Dracula? No, <laughs> because Netflix has a lot of bad crap that I just avoid. Yeah. Yeah? Okay, so the first episode follows the book fantastically. Cool. It's Jonathan in the castle, and it's great. Johnny Boy. Johnny Boy in the castle, and it's great. Um, and it's being interspersed with um, Jonathan is in the convent. Okay. Telling this sister, and and it's interesting because like the sister has a crisis of faith as well. So there's this okay. there's this conversation happening of of faith and and uh, Jonathan struggles and hearing that story and the guy playing Dracula is decent. Yeah. Um. And then it just veers. Yeah. The next episode is the Demeter episode. Oh. But instead of it being the fun murder mystery that I wanted it to be, it was this droll Dracula does pick off these passengers one by one, but it is passengers and not hmm. crew members. Nobody and it's like an hour off. long, and so it's very drawn out. The other thing, too, is that the nun that's losing her faith is actually Dr. Van Helsing. So it's like, okay, okay, female Van Helsing, we were here almost for that. But the problem is that Van Helsing ends up on the Demeter as well because Dracula has taken her as kind of like hostage victim situation. Ah, beans. You ready for the third episode where it gets just absolute shite? Oh, yeah. So... The Demeter sinks. The Demeter sinks. It never makes it quite to England. Yes. Dracula washes up on shore. Into the modern era. What? Yeah. The third episode. The third episode is Dracula being like, oh, modern times is, and it's all interesting and it's all weird. And then there's some Harker Foundation dedicated to the eradication of vampires, and they botch the Lucy Lucy Westenra, Westenra, whatever her Mm -hmm. storyline. They botch that. They messed up so many things. It's just it just becomes a twisted, disgusting mess. And then Van Helsing is not Van Helsing. It's like a reincarnation because obviously the nun 
didn't survive. It's like her great great niece or something like that. Is and, how would she do that if she's a nun? And has cancer and is dying. I don't know. I don't know any of it. It just it literally makes no sense. And I watched this at a, at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, uh, yes. Everyone else was watching Tiger King, and I was watching Dracula. I was, I was a Tiger King boy. <laughs> I, I, I watched Tiger King afterwards, but like I was watching Dracula because I was like, oh, this might be a good adaptation for once. No, it was the worst thing I've ever seen, and I am haunted mm. by it, and I hate it, and I'm so mad about it, and I just can't believe, it. I can't believe someone green-lighted that. It was a three-episode deal, and you could have done so much if you just wanted to stay true to the book, Wait, and you so they did it. Ended, they ended with the modern-day stuff? Yes! Golly. Yes! Yes, and not only that, but it was like... They, oh, you know what? No, I don't, I just, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, let's, let's leave it there. Listen, we don't need to give it, it any more It was the worst ending. Time. It was the worst ending. So Bananas. don't go see that. Don't go see that. I think, yeah, I think you've convinced me. I'm going to pass. Watch Midnight Mass. Midnight Mass. Midnight Mass is the Check. only semi-pseudo Dracula adaptation that deserves Duly noted, existence. and I am all aboard the hype train. Good. So, yeah. Anyways, what's your takeaway, Connor? Oh, man. Just stay away from the nippies, all right? <laughs> is that like, Yeah, if there's bloody nippies involved, you might a be a Francis vampire. Ford yeah. Yeah, I, I just... Gotcha. That was easily my least favorite theme of the film was bloody areola. So, I, I'm I just going to say... I don't like that. Yeah, if you got them bloody nips, you got an issue. It might be vampires, it might be something else. But either way, it's bad. And I don't like it. Yeah, that's my takeaway. Uh, I don't like it. Yep, sounds good Mm. to me. Sounds good to me. Anyways, Dracula is fantastic and mortal. He works very well in the late 1800s as a Victorian monster. He works excellently Mm -hmm. as a modern-day monster. Clearly, we all have some kind of weird crush on him. Yes. Don't make him... Uh, relatable or redeemable because that's antithetical to who Dracula is. Yep, yep, yep. A little silly is a choice. And I would just say if you want to watch a Dracula adaptation, don't. (laughs) Just read it. Yeah, just read the book. (laughs) There's probably really good audiobooks out there. I think so. I'm sure that there's a good audiobook out there. Well, folks, thanks for joining us today on The Good, The Rat, The Spooky. Um, That's Dracula. We done did it. Uh, any any parting words for our dear sweet audience? Lock your windows, and mm. if a strange man tells you to wear garlic around your neck, just do it. Okay, yeah, you, know do you, it. you know what you did. Garlic's fine. You know what you did. It's, it's okay. Fine. Just keep the garlic on. Yeah. <sighs> and even more important, just remember, stay spooky. Cook with a lot of garlic. The Good, the Rad, and the Spooky is a passion project by Connor Wood and Vale McComb. Now recently produced by M. Knowlton. You can find us on the Twitter at Good Rad Spooky Podcast. And you can also find us on Instagram at Good Rad Spooky Podcast. A very special thanks to Ned Wilcock for the logo.